and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today we are coming back for the ninth episode of Riverdale Season 3. It's been a little bit of time since our last episode, but we've released two episodes now of our Season 1 coverage, so hopefully you've had a little something to listen to while we've been gone. And don't worry, we're going to continue with that. But now, back to Season 3. Back to the good stuff. Kirsten, what do you what do you think? We're back, back, back again, and... Holy crap, this show is insane. It's like you go back to season one and it's like, oh, wow, they go to school. And then it's season three and you're like, holy shit, there's grizzly bears. (laughs) Okay. This show just makes me reminisce about all of the other shows on right now that have you know, more of a format per season. Like, don't you miss it when when teen shows, it was like every season was one school year or at least a semester or something some kind of normal time frame. I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know what time of year it is. We're just, I guess, forgetting the whole Halloween thing because we get introduced to this episode saying that it's been five weeks since the last episode. So I don't know. By my calculations, it's probably like December. <laughs> is it though? I have no friggin' clue. And you would think that they would be trying to rush time along so that these children could actually, you know, be of age and not be 15 anymore so be like maybe slightly believable what's happening but no they're taking their sweet time i'm gonna be so excited when episode like 16 rolls around and it's supposed to be thanksgiving or something like that and it does the timeline makes absolutely no sense i just can't wait for riverdale season eight when they finally graduate high school if they have enough credits which i have my doubts about i think it is extremely optimistic to think they're going to be eight seasons of Riverdale. Oh, there's absolutely not going to be eight seasons of Riverdale. Like, I think that we're in agreement that there might be five. Maybe. Maybe. But honestly, maybe it's going to get canceled and the season won't even end. I would not be surprised. You know, that's that's a good point. I haven't honestly been looking at, like, statistics. I don't know how well this show is doing currently because, I mean, I am in such a bubble where I... I follow everyone on Instagram and stuff like that, but I haven't actually really looked at the stats of the actual show. For all I know, it's not doing great. But this might be, you know, now, like, today's age, maybe it's the kind of thing where you don't even care as much until you see how the Netflix stats do and things. Well, maybe it's doing okay in Canada, and that's going to keep it afloat on Netflix. Probably. Probably. And, you know, we got got a little bit of uh, Canada in this episode, so... Yay, hometown. Yeah, hometown. The hinterlands. (laughs) Is that a thing? So I've definitely heard the word hinterland before. And so I did some Google searching today because I was like, what the hell part of Canada is the hinterland? And it's not like a place. Like there's descriptions of like Canadian animals that are described as like hinterland wildlife, like Canadian geese and beavers and loons and stuff. But... There's no, like, specific place. And then, spoiler alert with the grizzly bear, there's there's no way. Like, they're supposed to be on the East Coast, and there are no grizzly bears out East. They're only in, like, BC and here a little bit in the mountains. Like, they don't make it that far. And so I'm like, well, where the hell is Archie supposed to be? I don't understand. Like, is he supposed to be, like, in my backyard? Because that is a long way to go on foot from upstate new york or around chicago like it's weeks of walking 
Well, you know, I'm still trying to figure out where all the moose went from Virginia that were in uh, Pocahontas and all of those like 5,000 foot cliffs that don't exist. So, you know, who knows? Geography, TV shows, not really their strong suit. It's just insane to me. And I was so confused. I was like, where are the hinterlands? What does this mean? Like, I think it's just Jughead being like old timey in his turn of phrase. Oh my God, I was so annoyed. (laughs) And we'll get to the Jughead voiceover later because we have things to say about it, but it fits more with the Archie plot line. So episode nine called No Exit, which I did a little research, as I do. It is the 1944 French play, and it's all about three characters who get trapped in a mysterious room and they're punished in that room together for eternity. It's also where the phrase hell is other people came from. So I feel like that... You know, I don't know if there's there's not exactly direct symbolism. Three people aren't exactly locked in a room, but they're uh, they're definitely dealing with the stresses of other people. And I think Archie calls his hallucination hell a couple times. So there's that. I'm not going to lie. That sounds like a description of us being forced to watch this show week after week. (laughs) Very apt then. Oh, Uh. wonderful. So let's dive in and go through the episode and talk about some things. It was split up pretty good for us this time. So uh, what do you think the most boring plot line was? Probably Veronica and Reggie and the speakeasy. I mean, I guess, yeah. I It's another one of those episodes where I took a lot of notes, but I feel like overall not that much happened. I could probably sum this up in a couple minutes. But instead, we're going to break it down for you for like an hour, like we do. Yeah, we're going to really take our time uh, because Mary and I just really like talking to each other for hours when it could take 30 minutes. We just have such good conversations. (laughs) So the speakeasy is back open, rip-roaring away. Uh, They're still serving alcohol, so... They took our advice, I guess. Josie's singing. It's beautiful. She's singing a song from Cabaret. I think she's singing the song Cabaret from Cabaret. I don't actually know. I've never seen that play, but she said the word Cabaret in it, so let's go with that. Things seem to be going well, but then Reggie's driving his old-timey covered truck wagon thing. I don't know where they... It's like it's one thing to, to decorate a building, but you don't also need to make your beer runs in like the most conspicuous vehicle well, ever. Here's the thing. They're really channeling prohibition, you know? And so they really need to drive a vehicle that would have existed during prohibition. And But you forgot the most important part. The speakeasy is thriving. Even Veronica's mocktails are selling. No, that's... If you have allowed underage people to buy alcohol, why are they ever buying mocktails? Well, and that's the question that we all need answered. They better be darn good. Someone's a designated driver. Yeah, probably. But it's Riverdale. They could probably walk everywhere in Riverdale. I mean, it's, what, five miles? It's probably smaller than that. They make it seem like you could just walk, you know, from... Because people... Veronica's always walking home from Pops, and... Does she still live there? Do we even finish that question? Mm, I have no idea where she lives. And they make it seem like you could walk everywhere, but then they really delineate between North Side and South Side, like they're different towns. So is it a giant place? Is it a little place? I have no clue. Blue, and I would really like more information on that. Man, I miss the South Side. Remember Same. when there was a South Side? Remember when the serpents had a place to sleep? Remember when the South Side serpents made sense as a name? And it just doesn't anymore? And they anymore? seemed like a real gang? 
Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Reggie gets stopped by a bunch of people wearing gargoyle masks. They beat him up and, you know, are talking about how Veronica Lodge hasn't paid what she owes. I think my issue with this whole situation, which is, you know, Hiram wants Veronica to pay him money so that he can protect her from his own people, which, I, I, I'm sorry, didn't Veronica pay Penny to do the same thing with the ghoulies at some point? Oh, wait, she's dead. Never mind. Guess that, guess case closed on that one. Guess the ghoulies aren't a problem anymore. Like, this just seems like a plotline we've already seen happen. Yeah, I, I feel like this season, you and I talked about the concept of paying for protection and you didn't think it was real. And I was like, yeah. no, it's definitely real. That's a good point. We haven't heard from the ghoulies in at least five episodes do you think they're doing okay or think they're in juvie? <laughs> well, I mean, they existed pre-Penny, so they should probably exist without her. You'd think they'd be, like, even more out of control than ever before. I, I mean, I don't understand why the Gargoyle Gang exists as a thing in the first place. Like, what was wrong with just using the ghoulies? I, are they the same people? How about yeah, they I was going to say, did, and... the, did the ghoulies become the Gargoyles? I mean, probably. It's just, like, you know, they all it's start so with ladies. Anyway, so Veronica is just super smart and she's like, don't worry, I'll just cook my books and then Hiram won't have a clue what I'm doing, obviously, so I'll just pay him like 5%, but he'll think I'm paying him 10%, which is just a dumb plan because, like, she's not gonna be able to outsmart her dad. Well, and, like, I assume that her business has, like, a bank account or something. Like, I feel like it's not gonna be so easy for a 15-year-old to cook the books. Like, it's not like she has this one handwritten ledger and that's where every transaction is recorded and that's the only record of everything. It, it just doesn't add up. And then Hiram is, like, criminal mastermind, so obviously he's gonna be three steps ahead at least. Yeah, I just, I would assume, if I was Veronica... Just assume Hiram has cameras and microphones everywhere and he's in with literally every business in town and, he, and you're never going to be able to get anything past him. And then your life would be a lot easier. Uh, do you fun, think but... that maybe he does have the camera in the portrait and that's how he immediately knew? Or Look, there were some predictions I made early on that still have not panned out. And so I have decided to assume that the show is not smart enough to do that. That I've just lost all hope in that happening. That's oh, wow. actually so frustrating that they're not that smart. Like, it's the most rudimentary thing they could do. Yeah, but it would have happened by now. And hey, I don't know. I think that we need to stop acting like Riverdale should be on any kind of schedule. Well, here's the thing. I don't think a show can assume that an audience is going to remember a really small detail like that any more than, like, three episodes out. Like, if you have a thing happen and there's not payoff, in the next couple episodes, it's probably never going to happen. We never got payoff to the whole FP and Alice thing. We never really got any payoff to, like, most of the questions we've asked in terms of, oh, does this person know or care where Betty is? Nope, not really. There's no reunion scenes for any of these people. We just flashed forward five weeks later and ignored. this. The mid-season finale had to do with the town going into quarantine, closing down, and I feel like we should have mentioned this at the top, but yeah, no, town is fine. It's uh, it's not quarantined anymore. I mean, it doesn't have its pep, but it's not even like that much has changed. Yeah, Hiram is still in charge of everything. Just seems like kind of most people sort of know it. Yeah, I really thought that the quarantine was going to be a bigger plot point, And I'm pretty annoyed that it's, oh, it's just magically over. Yeah, it's over. And school didn't close. Pretty sure the school was going to close. I thought that was like the whole thing where Veronica needed to get to the phone in time. But her mom closed that also where was she this whole episode where's hermione i didn't get any of her she's missing yeah oh well she's quarantined somewhere else 
So, you know, Veronica meets with Hiram and now he wants 15%, but he's got some fancy new bodyguards named Leo and Nico. And uh, I think they're either the same person or they somehow found some adult twins who still look the exact same. I I don't think they looked the exact same. They were just both had dark hair and were in a suit and you are definitely face blind, Mary. No, they were the same person. They were I, not. Someone, <laughs> someone sent me a screenshot. I swear they were the exact no, same person. You just can't tell the difference between men who have dark hair. <laughs> okay. I feel like we are diving too deep into my personal life right now. So, you know what? Ages, people with the same face. They not don't have the suits. same face. It's pretty close. <laughs> the best part of this whole scene was Josie's singing in the background, maybe this time, which is one of my personal favorite songs from musical. So I enjoyed that. And she beautiful. did a great job. She did a really good job. Really, really good job. It was beautiful. I love, I, I don't really get why she needs to practice there. I mean, is, is that making her any better than if she just sang at home? Well, but here's the thing. Is the speakeasy technically open at that time? Because maybe it's part of her job to just always be there. Well, that's kind of anticlimactic if if she was going to sing that song like at night to a crowd that she's just also singing it during the daytime, I assume. I don't know. Maybe Veronica asked her to be there so that there'd be some ambiance for her mob meeting with her dad. (laughs) I don't know. I like that plan. That's my favorite. Well, either way, it was a really stupid plan because Josie almost immediately gets, I wrote attacked, but like she didn't actually get attacked. She was kind of threatened she managed to escape one of the gargoyle guys who was in her hallway and so she obviously is not thrilled with this and just tells veronica like hey i'm not gonna work for you until you fix all this stuff with your dad fair point yeah fair point i think that that is the smartest thing that uh anyone could be doing and i'm gonna say right now i think she's a real contender for the most real person of the episode yeah, I, I agree. We're gonna we're gonna strong mark contender that in our heads <laughs> and come back to that unless we think of anyone better. I, I really agree with that. Yeah, Hiram knew that Veronica cooked the books. Calls her out on it. Uh, also, there's a whole plot line with these serpents stealing stuff from him and kissing his portrait, and so he's f- safe to say he's a little he's a little ticked off about that. He's mildly peeved, right? I wonder how the lipstick will come off of that oil paint. Uh, you just take a makeup remover wipe and go at it. I'm sure that won't damage the painting at all. it's totally fine for the painting. You know, good oil paintings should have a couple coats of whatever that clear stuff is that they put on oil paintings. Epoxy. Yes, that. So it shouldn't have actually touched the paint, I don't... Who could know? Things go well. Veronica ends up hiring the serpents to protect her. And uh, then she gets to sing maybe this time at the end of the episode. Kind of weird. That, I mean, it was it was a it was a good moment that she was singing it and she had a beautiful voice. And I, I liked her rendition of the song. Josie was singing a little bit more of a sort of normal version. And Veronica's was a little bit slower and a little bit different. They changed a couple things in the song. I, I don't really understand why Josie was not back with them once they kind of figured everything out. Seems like... They have protection, but I guess Josie wasn't saying we need to be protected. She was saying you need to, you know, figure out what to do about your dad. So I guess that didn't really get fixed. And I could also see Josie being like, figure it out with your dad and I'll come back when I can see that it's been fixed. True. Maybe she didn't realize it yet. I don't know. Either way, I liked Veronica singing and uh, you know who also liked Veronica singing? Reggie. Yeah. I gotta say. I know people were wondering when this kiss was going to happen, and I'm pretty sure we made bets, and I said it was going to happen either the first or second episode back from the break, so boom, that happened. I don't remember making a prediction at all. I'm just glad it (laughs) happened because Reggie continues to be the hottest guy on the show. 
not only that, like, look, I get it. They have a relationship in real life. I get it. But these people are actors, and this kiss was so much more believable than anything Veronica's ever done with Archie. Like, Archie and her really need to step up their game because this this blew me away so much more. Here's the thing. Archie in general needs to step up his game because he's not a believable person. He's not that cute. He's not that smart. He's not that funny. Just go Funny? Away. Has he ever been even remotely funny? Uh, I'm trying to give him like a small benefit of the doubt by being like, he's not that funny. No, he's not funny at all. He's not funny. He's not smart. He's not like, good at anything. I'm sorry. I feel like we've been really trashing on this episode and the show in general. Look, I... I need to say again just in case i love this show i yeah. really love it it's, do you think it's my that favorite would, thing on air right now like we would not be recording a podcast about this show if we did not care deeply for it okay yeah we just don't like archie <laughs> we just really hate archie and the other thing too is since we have been going back to season one for the rewatches the difference between season one and three is very stark. It is jarring. Like, I'm going to get whiplash from the transition from, like, relatively normal teen drama to the gangs and the gargoyles and the speakeasy and the hinterlands. It's just and a just lot. blatant dropping of certain plot lines and never coming back to them. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Exactly. Uh, so we love it, but it's it's flawed, just like anything else I've ever loved. Yes, exactly. In in the other side of town, I guess Cheryl and Tony, uh, they're cat burglars. They're taking this term a little too literally. They are wearing cat suits and masks, and I don't think they had ears on, but that would have been a nice touch. I guess that would have been a little too Josie. And the well, they could have stolen the ears from Josie and the Pussy Cats. Yeah. Although, let's face it, the Pussy Cats don't exist anymore. Yeah, the Pussy Cats are gone. It's just Josie. And the one thing that really stood out to me is Cheryl and Tony hooking up on top of a giant pile of money as if Cheryl hasn't been rich and able to get money this whole time if that's what she really wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, oh, Robin Hood, we're stealing from the rich and giving to us. Like, aren't you also rich? I mean, I know that your family, I, as far as I know, doesn't exactly have a business. Who knows where your mom is? As far as I know, she didn't ever get her... Uh, brothel or whatever she oh, wanted God. just drop that plot line when was that season two I you don't know, know what i'm glad that plot line got dropped it's look it's not that i want to see it it's that i just want it to be at least acknowledged well, it because it, up, it's no that came up this season i mean it kind of did but like it would take one quick scene you know 30 seconds long to for someone to just mention like oh yeah my mom's having a brothel on the south side like can we just hear that it exists no or she's waiting to she's waiting to open it for the when Hiram really has control of the whole town so maybe it'll be coming up soon how much more control could he possibly get like the whole point of this episode was about they weren't fighting back they were just protecting themselves from him but protecting yourself is not, he didn't lose any power. I mean, I guess he lost some money that was potentially coming in from Veronica, but that was really it. Yeah, you make a good point. But I think we will hear more about this brothel sooner rather than later. Mm, I'll believe it when, uh, when FP and Alice define their relationship. Crime has increased all over. And uh, like we said, they stole some money. Tony says, I love you, which is, which is really cute. I liked that. Yeah, uh, that was sweet. I don't know if that was the first time we'd gotten that. But I think so, but maybe not. Yeah. 
Um, back at school, where apparently nothing has changed, even though, like, the tone of the show is trying to act like everything has changed, except as far as I can tell, the only thing that has changed is that Moose and Kevin are weird, and the RROTC apparently is enforcing some sort of new rules, but the only rule we got was, like, you can't have physical contact even though no one is sick like are we just dropping the whole thing about all those seizures like what happened i would like to know but apparently the rrotc is the hall patrol so i'm sure they're all happy with their new authority yeah Mm, well okay there was a severe lack of kevin in this episode as well well and i want to know did they have sex on halloween Who knows? Has it been Halloween? We know nothing about them. We know nothing. They've set up, like, RROTC, but they haven't followed through. I I really am really starting to firmly believe that, like, this show is getting written, like, one episode at a time without any planning for the future. I would not be surprised whatsoever, but then I'm just waiting for it all to come together and to be wrapped up so neatly, and then we will question all of our criticisms from this entire time. I look forward to that time. Because that would that. be wild. If that if it all actually comes together in a way that makes any sort of sense, I'll be living. It'll be great. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what Tony and Cheryl are doing this episode. Oh, and there was a close but no cigar yes. there. Yes, there was. They break in to Hiram's house and steal the Glamourge egg. And th- look... Glamourge egg was said probably 18 times this episode, and that was about 17 too many. It was actually about 18 too many. <laughs> but I am really glad that we have a uh, close but no cigar. Yeah, I love a close but list. no cigar. They said it, and I was like, hey, that's a close but no cigar. Yes. And then every time they said it, I was like, huh, it gets worse. And, and the way I knew it was coming was they panned to the egg, and I went, oh, look, it's a Fabergé egg. And then they said, yes, we're going to steal the Glamourge egg. And I'm like, oh. Great. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for putting that in there for me. Thought I feel you were like just going to go with the real thing, but okay. I feel like they did it just for our podcast. I think they're they're liking the uh, the thing. They probably noticed that they haven't haven't said anything. We haven't talked about Walmart in a while. Oh yeah, they're definitely listening and keeping track of what we like and don't like, and that's why the show's still so enjoyable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> huh. So Cheryl and Tony kind of tie into the whole Jughead plotline this episode. Which is basically Jughead uh, coming back to the serpents and realizing, yeah, he did a really bad thing by just leaving them all high and dry. Because the serpents, while they're a gang, they're also like a company. One of the things that was really interesting about this episode in general is that the, the concept of there's all these kids who need money. And they keep talking about the fact that they don't have jobs. Like this is an actual, like they're adults who don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. And Veronica, I get it. She's sort of emancipated herself. And uh, Cheryl, I guess, has done the same thing. So theoretically, they need money. Although I think Cheryl lives with her grandma. So like, I assume that she has some that she could like, and I don't think I don't think Cheryl needs any kind of money. And then there's a, uh, you know, all of the serpents who are just hanging out well and you would think that if cheryl was really robin hood she would be stealing to give to the serpent so that they wouldn't be struggling or living in tents anymore but that's the thing like stealing it to hook up on top of i mean the downfall of the serpents has been one of the hardest things for me to watch of it going from being a legit gang that had you know a bar and they they worked together and they had jobs and presumably the money they made on the whatever drug deals or whatever they were doing went into some sort of, you know, 
pile that got then divvied up to all the serpents, or at least everyone who did the jobs. Like, it seemed to have a system. Now, it just seems like Jughead's in charge. He's a kid. He's not very good at this. I don't know why FP is not in charge. I mean, I, I get that he, like, didn't want to be, but it just seems completely bizarre that he's just sort of hanging around, sometimes giving advice, but not really. And Jughead is just so not qualified for this. Yeah, Jughead is, again, at most a 16-year-old child who probably needs, like, a finer understanding of, like, economics before he can, you know, be in charge of the well-being of all of these people. And also, it's a gang. Like, I feel like criminal activity goes without saying, right? And so when he's like, oh, you sold drugs, you'll be exiled forever. I'm like, well, okay, but that's not how gangs work. Like, you probably all would have, like, a quota of drugs to sell. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of problems here. And and I can't help but think about back in episode one or two or whenever it was <sighs> of season one, when Archie was talking about how he needed to go to business school in order to help run his father's company. But Jughead... He can, he can just be in high school and is completely running an entire gang. Yeah, well, this is an illegal company, so. Mm. I don't know. I mean, put Reggie in charge. I know he's not a serpent, but at least he seems to have some, like, actual business sense. Well, and, you know, Reggie seems like he knows how to do things both legally and illegally. And he's got a great old-timey van. Right. They could really utilize that. Paint it green, put a big S on it. Everything sounds great. Jughead meets up with all the serpents because Fizzle Rock dealings being traced back to the serpents. He, yeah, puts down the blanket statement, no more crime, no selling drugs, you know, no breaking and entering or whatever. And Cheryl puts him in his place and says like, hey, yo, you vanished and now you're lecturing us, which is a little ridiculous. Um, Fangs has the complete right idea here. They have no money. They have no income. They need that. And, uh, you know, then then they all say unity is, uni- in unity there is strength. Except oh, and for they, Cheryl and Tony. And they, they did, like, a it. weird, like, fangs symbol. And it reminds me of when Cobra Starship was like, fangs up. Yeah, it's very similar to that. And I uh, can't help but notice that there's only, like, 15 serpents in the vicinity. Well, where what are their parents? <laughs> Why is it only the kids? Did all of the parents quit the gang? And if so, know. then what are they doing for work? <laughs> Did, like, did some of them actually die in the riots or whatever? Because I just felt like there were, like, 80 of them at one point. I don't know what happened. I mean, there were there were at least, like, 40 in Fred Andrews' house eating pancakes that one time. I don't know. It's, this is just, it's insane to me. It is. It is very insane. Jughead and FP talk. They interrogate Fangs. Say that, you know, he says that he needs some money because his mom's sick. They're like, all right, cool, you know, that's fine. We'll let you stay in the gang, but don't tell anyone about this. And then, you know, he tells everyone about it because <laughs> Fangs is really great at keeping secrets. And so he tells everyone. Jughead decides to kick Cheryl and Tony and Fangs out of the gang. Like, I, I get that Cheryl was bringing up the whole Fangs thing as calling Jughead out on his BS, except she kind of, like, ruins this whole thing for Fangs. She, like, takes him down with her. Didn't need to. Well, I mean, Cheryl, I think, is queen of doing things that are unnecessary. Like, has Cheryl ever taken an action? And we're like, yeah, that was the appropriate action for this situation. Um, I don't think ever. Let me think. That one time she shot an arrow at Hal Cooper. That was pretty good. Yeah, but why wasn't she just shooting a gun? (laughs) Um, Because she probably wouldn't need a cloak for that. Jughead and Veronica get together because, you know, Veronica needs protection and she doesn't want it to be from her dad. So Jughead's like, oh my gosh, perfect. Now we're going to get some money. Yeah, and that's uh, a full-time job that will definitely sustain all of the serpents. Yeah. Uh, 
Why was Veronica not just giving some money to the serpents in the first place? Like, aren't they all supposed to be friends? I mean, she's <sighs> not a serpent. Well, but... And she's busy. She's busy working three jobs. Is she? I still don't know what the third job is, but apparently she has three businesses. Um, It's probably her... her uh, mocktail business she's probably selling them on the side somewhere else she's selling artisanal mocktails just like the artisanal club sodas in you oh my gosh no we're not talking about you i can't handle it (laughs) (laughs) they get this gig but you know of course now fangs and cheryl tony are kicked out i don't know why jughead kicks them out like before asking to get the egg back he should have switched that order i think because he's not a good gang boss no, he's not great at anything. Like, his management skills are really bad. Like, can't he go to, like, McDonald's college to learn how to be a manager or something before he, for this? No. Uh, Jughead does not have the ability to do any kind of education. Uh, that has been completely dropped out of the show, as we saw basically no school at all. They're not even hanging out in the school. They're in, all like, eight now. episodes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so FP is like, hey, you know what? I want the serpents to be players instead of pawns. And Jughead's like, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. What do, what do you What do you mean? Why are you calling me out on this? Like, I just got us a gig. And FP wants back in. So I guess he's a serpent again. That was easy. He doesn't have to go through the whole process of, you know, well, chanting and watching a dog and, and so whatever else. is he just, like, the head serpent again? I don't know. Let's I hope so. so. Like, he better be. <laughs> like, if Jughead doesn't give the job back to his dad, we've got a real problem. Jughead's dad better at least be, like, his number one sidekick. No, he's not a, he should not be a sidekick. He's led that gang for decades. And he yeah, should he's do like so an old again. man now. It's just kind of weird. He's not he's all old. These children. He's like 40. <laughs> and maybe he can get the Compared other adults to all the back into the gang. Olds, it's creepy. Well, he can get all the other adults back in the gang and then the children can just go to school and worry about growing up when it's time instead of it being so early. Yeah. Oh, well. Then there was a super weird thing where they get in the back of the van and then they jump out when the gargoyles come across, but they don't take the gargoyle mask off the guy? Like, do they not even, they're not even curious about who's in this gang? I would be. They don't care. And also, those gargoyles are friggin' wimps. One guy gets kicked and they're like, it's an ambush, get out of here. Like, like I'm pretty sure it was a pretty fair fight. They look to be the approximately equal number. Yeah, which is so. crazy because there's so many serpents and they know for a fact that it's like three dudes beat up Reggie before. So why didn't they send like 10 serpents in the back of the van? Because 10 serpents is 60% of all the serpents. Well, th- I assume 100% of the serpents are benefiting financially, so I don't really see the problem. I don't know. Anyway, I was really convinced that the gargoyle guy was going to be Fangs. I, th- I was really thought that they were going to like pull the mask off and it was going to be Fangs. And it was like, haha, see, you kicked me out of this gang, so I had to go to the other one. But they didn't do that. And then they immediately hire Fangs to be uh, the undercover Yeah, they hire him to join guy. the gargoyles. So, looking forward to secret agent Fangs Do Fogarty. we trust Fangs to be a secret agent? Like, he can't even sell drugs to, like, people who aren't all there. No, I mean, so, Hannah and Brian, um, Hannah is our 
our co-host on the Riverdale season one podcast that we're doing. And she sent me a, a note on that and said, why in the world did they ask Fangs to go undercover when he couldn't keep his mouth shut about Jughead giving him a second chance anyway? Like, yeah, he's, this is the worst person. Do we, do we have to just flash back briefly to a couple episodes ago when they were like stealing the bow and arrow and shooting cans off people's heads oh or whatever? God. At least they're not addicted to griffins and gargoyles anymore. That we know of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, people were just, the entire town, and, like, all the way in Smallville, everyone was addicted to, <laughs> to all these drugs, and now, and, and, uh, playing this game, and now they're just not anymore? Seems like a lot of these things, a lot changed in five weeks, I guess. I guess they all went through withdrawal. Like, Betty, like, taking off the head of that one statue in that one place just completely ended the Griffins and Gargoyles fanatics. Well, she is the, is it Griffin Queen? Yep. You're right. Yeah, she, You're right, she is. She's the Griffin Queen, so everything's fine. Case closed. It's perfect now. No no need to investigate. Speaking of Betty, let's go through Betty's stuff. Uh, her and Jughead, I guess, are just living together. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought he had a house, and uh, I guess he's not living in the creepy basement of that cellar. He doesn't have a cellar. house. Well, he has a place with his dad right yeah, but i thought we were pretty sure there's only one bedroom in there well he could have slept on the couch i'm just saying i don't know when alice became all chill and was like yeah whatever he yeah, when she joined over. a cult yeah alice has man i want alice, alice season one i want her back so bad i'm really hoping at some point we get this whole farm thing figured out which i'm assuming we will sooner or later because more characters have now gone to the farm but i want it to be figured out and i want like you know the curse to be broken and alice to come back Yep, I just want Alice back. So they hear some screaming. Hey, look, all of the uh, kids, they're oh they are living God. at Betty's house now. Yep. Remember all those kids from, you know, the last episode that they were just running away? Remember how there were like a hundred of them and now there's like 12? There's 12 and they are all staying in Betty's house and Betty and Jughead are parents now. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know if maybe these are just the kids who didn't have families or something. Like, maybe these are the only ones who were disowned or orphaned. I'm going to choose to believe that all, you know, 86 of the other kids or whoever were uh, were gone. They went home, preferably in different counties or something, and they're just, they're just all happy now. Yeah, okay, but here's the thing. All those people would have had people who put them into Sisters of Quiet Mercy, which means they all have crappy home situations because that place is evil. Yeah, well, and pr- well, but I guess nobody knows it's evil. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Also, I, I still don't quite understand if like all the kids who get sent to Sisters of Quiet Mercy, if it's meant to be for life, or if any of them are like, oh yeah, you're just gonna like be sent there for six months and then you're gonna come home. I don't know. I don't know. I hope that's the situation. Um, hey, look though, short haired girl is back, and we found her name. Uh, it's Hannah. So, so there you go. I wonder how we, many uh, ends she spells it with. Probably four. I think there's probably I think that's the standard four spelling. Ends. Four ends. Four ends in Hannah. Um, and uh, and then there's the guy who uh, don't remember there being any guys in the in the convent. In the Normally, convent. you wouldn't find a a boy there. Um, but I could see like maybe this boy is supposed to maybe be transgendered, and so you could see the family oh. sending. That's that's the only thing I can think of that makes any sense. Were there sense. any uh, was he the only guy? I wasn't really paying attention. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing any other one. So I could well, see if I don't know. I know there were other guys in 
the Sisters of Quiet Mercy at some point. Because, oh, yeah, because Chick was there. Right. Chick was there. And then we. I also remember there being a couple scenes when Betty was there when she was, like, outside that there was, like, at least one guy or two. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they were in the same ward as Betty and um, Ethel were. So I'm not, I don't know where they came from. Maybe he was in a different area, but he also seems to be kind of addicted to the whole griffins and gargoyles thing so maybe there was a separate boys hallway that we just didn't well, see and he is certainly addicted to fizzle rocks yes he is and so betty's all mad because she's the mom and um no she is not the mom <laughs> she is their queen thank you right sure um but she just completely indulges in all of their whims like they need to play griffins and gargoyles to make them feel better and go back to sleep and they say oh let's just play one round this comes up quite a few times in the episode what the heck is one round of griffins and gargoyles well and i'm assuming i'm assuming it's like dungeons and dragons which means that like one i don't what's i don't know what it's called in dungeons and dragons but like like a quest or yeah something? like one quest yeah. or whatever is gonna take hours yeah, so... Like, I have friends dumb. who do D&D every week, and they spend hours every week playing, and I think it's, like, a connected story for several weeks straight, so, like... Yeah, maybe they just mean, like, one scenario. Like, I'm gonna give you one little scenario, you're just gonna talk it through, could take, like, 15 minutes, and then we're gonna go to bed. Let's I start. don't know. If anyone plays roleplay games, like, please... Yeah, let, let us know. know. Um, because the only game I play around takes, like, at least two hours. So, not sure on that one. Yeah, they were going to play around, but they don't even get to play around anyway because that's when she finds the fizzle rocks. That's when they find out that he got the fizzle rocks from the serpents. At this point, Jughead admits that he maybe has been gone too long and that he shouldn't have left in the first place. Yes! Yes, Jughead, you literally ditched your family, friends, gang, and Betty and did not even contact them. Yeah, uh, that was dumb. The whole thing with you and Archie leaving was completely dumb. The only good that came out of it was killing Penny Peabody, so guess yay. Honestly, though, at least Penny Peabody is an entertaining character. I'd rather have her back than half of these people. Also, like, the whole Jelly Bean and Gladys stuff, is that just over? Did we just get one episode of that and that's it? We will never see them again. Well, you didn't think we'd see them in the first place, so I don't really trust your judgment on that. Well, no, well, I'm sure we'll see them again, but it's going to be stupid, so I'm just going to choose to believe we'll never see them again. Okay, sure. Attorney McCoy and Betty are trying to get Sister Woodhouse and the other nuns, who apparently are locked up, because even though there's no sheriff and Hiram is in charge of the town, they somehow still got locked up in the Riverdale jail. Like, like was this a citizen's arrest? I, <laughs> I don't I understand. No and clue. in what situation is it like a teenage girl and a prosecutor who are going to be the ones who really crack this wide open? It just doesn't add up. Yeah, it makes no sense. So we're just going to move past it. So I guess we're also just completely ignoring the skeleton and the gravestone and all that that was in Betty's bed. We still have no clue who that gargoyle was who came in, what the deal with that was. I guess I read way too much into FP making a weird face there. No clue what any of this is. I, I mean, the only thing I can hope is that somehow this is related to the farm and it all comes out eventually but till then i'm just my with it. theory so hopefully that is the case alice doesn't want all the kids in the house uh who can blame her she has now like you know a dozen drupled yeah she has seven million kids in her house she's so many kids in her house but she's kind of like she's kind of great in the scene because she's just basically like talking about the kids like they're stray animals or something like oh well as long as you take care of them then i guess it's fine yeah, she's okay. like, it's your responsibility because you're the queen. Like, Also, like, did, did Alice move back home? I thought Alice was living at the farm. I don't know. Maybe she moved don't back know. after everything with the um, quarantine. 
Yeah, maybe. So the nuns have taken a vow of silence so they can't testify, which stinks because that seems like a pretty convenient way to get out of it. Betty meets with a social worker, Miss Weiss, and somehow the social worker knows that, like, the sisters aren't actually affiliated with the church in any way. I guess I don't really know, you know, how the law and the church work together like this, but if someone can, you know, religious uh, figures choose to take a vow of silence and would like that would be recognized by the law as a valid reason for not testifying well i mean can't anybody in the states just plead the fifth and then they don't have to say anything yeah i guess but i guess i just mean legally like the whole answer to this was once betty finds out that they're not actually affiliated with the church they're like oh okay there you go then that won't hold up in in court your vow of silence but they still could have just refused to speak. Yeah, they can't make anybody speak, and oftentimes they don't want the defendant to testify anyways, even if they're innocent, just because they could accidentally right. incriminate themselves. Well, right, and and I guess I'm saying, like, the, the whole structure here was that, oh, the nuns found a loophole because they want immunity, but the only way they're getting immunity is by testifying. But then they can't testify because they're taking a vow of silence. And so they're like, haha, you have to still give us immunity even though we're not going to testify. That's not how that works. No, like, there's nothing. Not. Yeah, there's nothing stopping Attorney McCoy from being like, oh, okay, so you're taking a vow of silence, so you're not testifying, so therefore, yeah, you don't get immunity. Have they been formally charged with anything? Because there's no police in this town. Uh, no. <laughs> so, like, I don't know where this trial is taking place. It's probably going to be the same place that Archie was tried at, so I guess there's still some sort of law enforcement of some type i don't know there's just not a sheriff whatever that sort of works for a hot sec but then the um the nuns all get bail posted yeah so who did they pay the bail to like what was there someone there that was like oh no you can't pay their bail and then they were distracted for a minute and the bail got paid like what the hell (laughs) what the hell are you talking about oh no someone paid their bail well, if they have bail, like, that's how bail works. If it gets posted, you yeah. get to leave. Yeah, I, it, it does not make any like, sense. what? Meanwhile, Betty is running around town talking to just the most random group of people. We've got Cheryl, Grandma, Granny Blossom, Fred Andrews, and Attorney McCoy. And she asked them all to, like, take some of the kids in. I don't know why we needed this scene because basically all these people just sort of go around in a circle and they're like, yeah, sure, I'll take some of the girls, I'll take some of the boys, which also, like, sexist, geez, why does Fred Andrews only want boys and the Blossoms only want girls? Just seems a little weird. But, you know, Attorney McCoy, she's cool, she'll take anybody. So, great, we we needed a scene to know that all these people, I guess, care? Alright. Uh, and then the kids are just taken to the farm anyway, so... That didn't pan out. Edgar was there. We missed him by five minutes. And I'm just like, when the hell are we meeting Edgar ever and ever? Who is playing him? I want to know. I think season four. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're playing the long game with the farm. I don't want that. I wanted the farm to already be over like six weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, Polly made a surprise appearance. Polly and Evelyn came back and that that was fun. I mean, it happened. It was fun. I don't know yeah, if I would go yeah. that far to be like, that was fun. I just like, I like to see them. I like how Polly has like uh, bell-bottom jeans on and is kind of hippying it up. So we like that. Plus we needed them there so that they could say that uh, Fangs was the one who was giving the kids the drugs. So that was important, obviously. Obviously. That's pretty much it for Betty, except for the very end of the episode where she gets a phone call from Tony McCoy. And they discover the that Hiram posted the bail, like we said. And I'm kind of surprised that it took him five weeks to do this. 
Like, well, he needed the money from Veronica. You know, broken them out. I don't know, man. Yep, but uh, there's uh, some writing on the cell. Um, and what does it say? It says, we go to join thee. And Betty's like, oh my gosh, I know what this is. And yeah, all the nuns, they went back to the gargoyle statue in the gargoyle chamber. And they drank poison and they killed themselves. So I just can't believe this town has had a fake <sighs> convent this entire time that's not even affiliated with the church. Where did these women come from? More importantly, where did they have the time to go find a animal head and or animal skull and stick it on the gargoyle statue that Betty somehow decapitated with her magical skills? Well, she's magic because she's the Griffin Queen, you see. Uh, any mere mortal would be unable to decapitate a statue, but not not the Griffin Queen. No, she's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh that was it for Betty. And then Archie. Let's let's get into Archie in Canada. Okay. What part of Canada is he in? We don't know. And as the resident Canadian, I if I don't know, I feel like nobody knows. But if actually if anyone can find like a real definition of what the hinterlands are, please let me know because Google was not helpful. Yeah, and at first I thought that he's like he's in a cabin and I thought he just like found it or built it or something, and <laughs> I was really excited to figure out how they were going to explain that away. But no, it seems like he is some sort of ranger of some kind in in a national park or something. Well, and here's the thing. I'm pretty certain that becoming a park ranger is actually really hard. Like, it's yeah. not an easy job to get. You definitely need some level of education. You need training. You need to get lucky. Um, was he a ranger or was he just, like, in contact with the rangers? Where did he learn to speak into the radio properly? Well, it seemed like they, they, they were telling him, you know, to go to clear clear trails and, and all this. They seemed to be – he yeah, seemed to be working with them, and they knew who he was, and he had, like, paperwork on the desk and stuff. I guess. I just – I was so confused this whole time. Who's – like, who's going to take care of the dog? I don't know. I can't believe that, that Fred let him leave with the dog. Oh, the dog seems fine. You know, they've got a really cushy uh, cabin. Thing here so it's a very nice I mean, he, he's got he's got nice nice digs but yeah so this all relates back to the jughead voiceover opening which yes we had but it was uh a little bit a little bit i had some issues with it okay i had some issues with this jughead voiceover because here's the thing i get it i get the concept of a hero on a hero's journey needing to have self-imposed exile that makes sense except Here's the thing. He then immediately compares it to Luke Skywalker going to Dagobah, which is, no, not the same thing at all. Luke Skywalker went to Dagobah to get training so that he could defeat people. He didn't go there to, like, exile himself from his family and his friends and be like, hey, I'm a bad person, so I just need to leave town. That is not what happened. Now, that is a thing that happens in a lot of Hero's Journey kind of, you know, mo movies and stories and stuff, but not that one example. Just stop, stop trying to compare him to Luke Skywalker. I'm, I don't watch Star Wars, so I can't help you in this rant, but I support you. Solidarity, sister. Okay, someone someone listening to this will Oh, no, other, every, this basically everyone example. else on the planet gets what you're talking about, but me, not me. I don't know. I was just, I was just annoyed because, like, that is, I'm trying to think of a really good example of when, when this happens, but, like, every superhero movie, I mean, any time that, you know, someone blames themselves for... For not killing the bad guy or or whatever, they have to exile themselves. 
But yeah, this just doesn't count. <sighs> Whatever. So Archie, okay, this whole this whole deal. I, I think that the contrivedness of him needing to get hurt in order to have this hallucination, that's fine. But I need something more than, like I, like, I don't understand why he couldn't have had, like, a hitman on him who shot him or something, and then he's waiting for help. Like, a grizzly bear? I'm gonna tell you right now that as a human, if a grizzly bear gets you, you're probably not getting away. And if you do, it's certainly not with one scratch across your chest that takes all day to, like, bleed you out or whatever. And there's no way he's far enough west for there to be a grizzly bear. Like, my assumption was that there were no real grizzly bears and that there was men putting out fake grizzly tracks to scare people and that he was going to get attacked by men. And then it was just, oh, no, grizzly bear. He's attacked by a grizzly bear and it just scratches him. Doesn't try yeah. to, like, eat him or take him and away And doesn't or touch the dog. Nope, of course not. So, whatever. And Archie manages to get home pretty easily talk easily on the phone he doesn't seem to be like even like dripping blood or anything it kind of looks like yeah and then he dumps a bunch of stuff all over him i'm assuming that had something to do with cleaning the wound except like i, I mean it didn't it didn't look it's not like a grizzly is poisonous or anything i don't know i mean it's certainly not clean but yeah I, but it just seemed like applying pressure would have been a better idea and he kind of loosely wrapped it he was not he was not applying pressure in any kind of way I, well, I think that this type of wound is definitely something you need somebody else to help you care for. Right. So he calls the radio and the radio people are like, yeah, we'll be right there. So I'm assuming the radio people are not that far away. Like, they probably have a vehicle. I mean, the closest... Uh, you can't imagine that he's, like, hundreds of miles away by himself. I don't know. No, there's... And if he is, like, officially working for the parks or whatever, there's no way they would allow that. Yeah. Whatever. So he wakes up or, or dreams or something, but he, he comes to in his dream and he sees Cassidy and all the other Shadow Lake boys and they're sitting around playing G&G &G and, uh, you know, they want him to play one round. So uh, as we know, one round takes approximately three hours or whatever. And uh, he gets a card and it says, defeat the hooded specter of death. So he goes back in time. And uh, now he's at Pops and he, I guess, tackles the Black Hood and shoots him or something. Yeah, he kills the Black Hood. Well, yeah, that's great. Season uh, two's over and didn't happen. Yeah. So that was task number one. Comes back and, oh, look, it's Warden Norton. And he's got the uh, blue lips. Didn't think I was going to see him again. Not what I needed in my, you know, second half of the season. Yep, but okay. Still a creepy perv. Yep. He needs to find the place and time where it all went wrong. Okay. Now, in my opinion... This is correct. His card says to kill the Gargoyle King, and then he's like, Warden Norton's like, oh, check it again, and then it says kill the Man in Black. Okay, we still ha we still are not sure if Hiram, well, we know Hiram is the Man in Black, but is he actually the Gargoyle King? Not sure. I think that was just some weird way of making Archie put the two together, but, mm -hmm. um, and then Warden Norton is like, slay the dragon. Okay. Oh, like, oh, uh, Okay. Do we need to give him another nickname? I don't think so, but all right. So Archie goes back to Hiram's, Hiram's office, and yeah, I, I agree with Warden Norton, which I'm assuming is, you know, the premise of this whole scene was that this is what Warden Norton believes was Archie's uh, worst moment. I think this is where it went wrong. Archie was doing fine before he called out Hiram and was like, hey, here's my plan, and then got taken to jail. The show was doing fine until that yeah. point. Archie should have absolutely never done that. It was so much more believable to have Archie as like some sort of thug for Hiram than to believe that he's actually doing all of that. 
Yeah, the whole plot of season two was Archie getting close to Hiram to, like, win his trust or something so that he could date Veronica. And uh, then he just immediately flips the switch and now Hiram's, like, you know, against him, which... Like, yeah, that's that's where it went wrong. He he was super stupid to come in there and tell Hiram all his plans. Uh, whatever. So he stabs Hiram. Yay. Uh, comes back. Oh, nope. That, I guess that wasn't where everything went wrong because Betty, Jughead, and Veronica are there. And Betty's like, hey, how's the how's the guitar playing going? Did you write any songs recently? Yikes. This is probably my, my favorite part of the whole episode. Because the show is, in like some cases, it calls out all of the stuff that we complain about. Like it called that out and made, and brought back like, oh yeah, the audience is, is joking about how season one Archie was all into music and now it's just over. And they do the same thing when Jughead says, you know, when Cheryl calls Jughead out about like, you know, him being gone and all that. Mm-hmm. So they do call these things out, but they don't like answer any of the other questions we have. Yeah, it's... I just, one of my least favorite cliches is these episodes where it's like someone is between death and being alive and they have these hallucinations. I just, it's not entertaining to me. I don't care enough about Archie actually staying alive to feel like I have an interest in it. Like... No, I would be pretty happy if this happened. So he has to go back in time and again, and he's going to gonna beat himself up with a baseball yeah, bat. Yeah, and you know what? Good. Someone should have beat Archie up a long time ago. Yeah, his his dad tries to tell him, hey, just, just forgive yourself. It's fine. You're not a villain. And Archie's like, nope, I totally am. I need to destroy the weak, bad, stupid parts of myself. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should. Someone has so, to. Okay. Um, so he beats himself up with a bat. The bed's empty. It's real symbolic, I guess. And then, uh, then Archie's dead. So, all right. Goodbye, Archie. We're not going to see him again forever. I'm, I'm excited to move on to Reggie and I'm really (laughs) excited for the renaming of the show. Um, and we're going to just have Reggie front and center and Veronica by his side and it's going to be beautiful. And honestly, it would be such a better show if that was the case. Obviously, they're not killing Archie. No, we can just call it Reggie Dale. Well, I mean, Riverdale doesn't have anything to do technically with Archie. They could still call it Riverdale and they could just have Archie be dead and gone. And I would enjoy the show more. Oh my gosh. You know what they should do? They do this sometimes on TV shows. Uh, I don't think they've done it with Riverdale so far, but they should have like the next episode should just be Riverdale as if Archie never existed. Like as if he really did somehow kill himself. And it would just be that whole thing. Like Veronica comes to town and she goes to Pops, but instead of seeing Archie, she sees Reggie. And like we do the whole first episode again, but minus Archie, that would be great. I love, I love it when shows do that. So. Well, and it would be way more entertaining. I would be totally on board if that didn't mean we were getting totally derailed from all of the answers that we desperately need. I just think it'd be fun. Like even just a one-off episode and then the next episode then go back to Well, even if they just did like a couple minutes of it, like they did that one episode where they all looked like the comics. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That would be great. That'd be okay. I I would be be fine with that. And honestly, I wish Archie was never coming back. Well, I bet he will be. (laughs) So do you think he'll be back in Riverdale next episode? Oh my god, I would not be surprised, but I really hope not. I would like to not see Archie for a little while. It would be nice if people actually thought he died, like maybe Hiram thought he was dead, and then he can come back later and be like, ha 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 ha, I was alive the whole time. Um, I could see that kind of soap opera crap, but I don't know, man. Well, I think he needs to come back pretty soon, because there needs to be obviously some sort of love triangle between him and Veronica and Reggie. So we need the payoff of that. Also, no, I want I'm, Veronica to just move on with her life and be like, sorry, I'm with Reggie now. Well, we're not getting any payoff from any Betty Jughead shenanigans. So I need something. But it's, 
I, I need these characters to streamline their plots. Like, I need Archie to come back and get invested in at least one of these plot lines so we stop having to split this show up into, like, four different segments. You can have two things going on maximum, and that's it. Yeah, we set the rules, so Riverdale, take note. Yeah, like, Archie and Veronica, they can be trying to take down Hiram. Meanwhile, Betty and Jughead are doing whatever they're doing with, like, the serpents and the farm or whatever. I'm down with that. Yeah, I I think that should happen. So, just to go through our list of new characters from this episode, we had Hannah, Tyler, Leo, and Nico, and Miss Weiss. And I looked them up and couldn't find any information about them being in the comics. There's a couple things, you know, people thinking Hannah might be somehow related to Hanna-Barbera, but that's a pretty loose stretch. There's not really anything more there. And uh, Miss Weiss, Weiss is the last name of a person who used to do some of the drawings are comic books, so that's potentially a connection, but definitely not any characters from Archie Comics with these names, actually. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised they're doing anything even remotely related to the comics, just with, like, a name, uh, because... Well, I mean, yeah. it's just because, you know, some characters, like, like uh, you know, way back in, in time we were looking at things like Miss Grundy and, and Penny Peabody and Fangs, like, those were all characters in Archie Comics. They were completely different characters, but at least the names were congruent but um not really not really anymore but no, that's over that's canceled oh well as we mentioned before our close but no cigar this episode was the glamour j egg so ah uh, yes glad we got one sad it had to be that one we needed but they're, it <laughs> they're cringy anyway after going through the whole episode do we have anyone who topped josie as being the most normal person of the week i don't think so I think that Josie being afraid of getting attacked and being like, I'm out of here until you get your shit sorted out is by far the most real. I agree. I think that was great. Uh, I'm really glad that she got it. In case anyone was wondering, so far this season, we've had the Judge and Polly, the Ghoulies, Fred Andrews, Young Alice, Hermione Lodge, Gloria, Pop Tate, Tony, and now Josie are our most normal people. And we were reminded, sorry, that Gloria is Hermione's uh, receptionist at the mayor's office. Yeah, we just forgot about that. We just forgot she existed. She was such a normal person, we forgot who she was. That's how you know we made the right choice. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that's really it for this episode. I'm glad we're back, back in season three, but I'm more glad that we're recapping season one (laughs) i don't know i like these season three recaps because i feel like nothing is funnier than when you just get a hate on for something oh that reminds me i forgot to mention it because i uh normally mention it every episode does this count as fp getting a job i think it might okay i think fp might have a job um, he at least is not doing nothing. I'm only giving this like half a point because we have had no no closure in the why did he not get the job that we had lined up for him and literally said he was going to get last season. Like, I, I want to know, does he ever visit the speakeasy? I just want one little scene where he goes to the speakeasy for some reason and, you know, Veronica's like, he he asks her, hey, you know, hey, Veronica, why, uh, why did I not get that job? Or just like a really funny little confrontation between him and Reggie. Or he's like trying to, you know, size Reggie up. Although, but now he's working literally for Reggie. So I was going to say, here's the situation. You were weirded out by FP being the only adult in the Serpents. Now you want him to go to the speakeasy <laughs> where exclusively children hang out? Like, it doesn't add up, Mary. Oh, just bring back adults. Yeah, and I just want Alice to be back to normal. Please. I want Alice to be back to normal. I want Fred to have more of a 
character. No, I want Fred to go away forever with RG. You know, like Fred? He's so when did you boring. turn against Fred? He's so boring. Yeah, he's boring because he's not doing anything. He wasn't always this way. Yes, he was. No, remember that one time he made pancakes? Remember when he ran for mayor? Remember when it was his dream to be mayor of Riverdale? And what happened with that? Nothing. Because there's no there there. Okay. Well, it's really sad. Anyway. I'm sorry, the Andrews family is boring. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just upset. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna end on that note. So I was trying to make it a happy thing, talking about FP's job, but hey guys, I'm, I'm really not satisfied. FP has a job. We should be happy about it. Okay. Half well, happy. Well, be, we'll be back next week for our recap of episode 10, assuming that the show makes it to episode 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine if this was how it ended forever? I, I would actually be, like, I would think it'd be great if Archie just died and that was it. <laughs> Nothing else happened. Yeah. Actually, that's fine. Like, okay. Veronica and her dad just fight for eternity. Um, Betty never figures out whatever happened to those kids. The, farm, the nuns whatever. died, so no one's going to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy anymore. Yeah, it's a decent ending, actually. I'm okay with huh, it. Maybe Could it's be canceled. Worse. Maybe. Let's not. Let's not hope for that. I want these people to have jobs. Not FP. <laughs> I mean, I want him to have a job too. But more importantly, I want like the actual actors and you know producers of this show <laughs> to have jobs. So keep watching, everybody, and uh, you know sign up for. I'm sure there is some sort of streaming service associated with the CW. And in Canada, sign up for Netflix. <laughs> okay, until next week, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. And if you're interested, you can check out the Revenge Rewatch podcast, which, yes, I'm going to plug because in the next day or two, I am actually going to post episode 13. I've had it edited for a couple days now, but just wanted to space out some of our episodes we were releasing. So episode 13 of Revenge, it's coming back. Oh, my God. That's yeah, wild. it's really it's really exciting. It's a pretty good episode too, and it was really fun getting to podcast with uh, Laura again. So check that out if you want to hear my sister talk. And you can also check out Kirsten at Kirsten said what on every platform. Yes, and I don't know exactly when it's going to be posted, but I did a podcast over on the Dom and Colin podcast talking about the hit show you and i promise it's mostly just me yelling for an hour about why people should not be standing a murderer but i it's it happened and it's out there eventually uh so definitely check that out and then mary and i were both featured on uh rob has a website.com doing the power rankings for celebrity big brother preseason so check that yeah. out too Oh yeah, please let us know if you're going to be watching Celebrity Big Brother because I'm I'm getting excited. I didn't think I was going to be excited about it initially, but I'm, I'm getting a little more excited now that we're only a couple days away. I'm excited, but I have so much to do because I know I'm not getting anything done once it starts. So I'm grounded yeah. basically until I get my house under control. <laughs> also, if you haven't for some reason checked out our, uh, our Riverdale season one recap that we're doing and you want to, if you didn't know that it was happening or if you know anyone else who wanted to listen to the podcast but is not caught up with the current season feel free to let them know that we are doing that and we have already recorded i think three episodes and we're probably going to do the next ones pretty soon so check that out it's gonna be great everything you can find on kowskicast.com that's cow with a k and while you're at it don't forget to rate us five stars on itunes <laughs> which is this is the longest closing remarks we've ever done <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyways, five star yeah, please, only. Please do on iTunes. It's really, it really makes my day. We'll read those. it on the podcast. You'll get attention. Yeah. 
Or and if, if for some reason, if you're not like an iTunes person, but you still, and you're not, you know, a Twitter person or whatever, but you still want to talk to us, you can always leave us comments under the episodes on the website. So feel free to do that too. I check those every week as well. Until then, talk to you next time. Okay, bye. <laughs> Slay the dragon. <laughs>